You're listening to How Did I Get Here, a deep dive into our journey to find the dream job. I'm your host, Jason Fish, and today I'm joined by Irene Legic, the Senior Director of Continuous Improvement at Covanta. Welcome, Irene. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, likewise. Um, So my first question is, you attended Rutgers University, receiving your bachelor's, master's, and PhD in chemical engineering. What were your career aspirations at the time? Um, I wanted to be at the time to stay in research and development, uh, developing processes to scale up from the bench through pilot to commercial scale, I, which I learned at Rutgers University, um, and I was applying it to hazardous waste substance management research. And so I also had an aspiration to do things from an environmental perspective. Um, and the graduate research that I did there allowed me to do that. Um, so it was very, very exciting. My master's was on the in-situ extraction of industrial sludges from an industrial sludge lagoon. And so it provided me the ability to do research at a pilot scale level um, towards the cleanup of a uh, old industrial sludge lagoon. And then... For my dissertation, I actually shifted research to look at municipal solid waste incinerator ash and looking at the recovery of heavy metals from the ash so that we could reuse it in products. And so I developed a process at the bench scale, um, made a lab pilot scale, a continuous uh, pilot scale reactor to prove the concept and uh, did some modeling uh, work to... um, develop some of the parameters for, for this process. Um, and we actually, I was funded by the New Jersey, New Jersey hazardous substance management research center, which was a consortium of universities and companies and government industries out of NJIT and Rutgers participated in that. And, uh, we were actually able to get a patent on that process. Wow. And at the time, were you interested in staying within research or were you also um, looking towards the corporate world as well? Um, so I was interested in staying within the research, but I, I ended up joining DuPont because um, a lot of the research in the larger companies, they had, they had actually some research I was really fascinated with in the environmental spectrum. Um, to continue my journey there where I was um, developing processes to treat hazardous waste and uh, actually implementing them at the full scale level. Um, And so that's sort of how I ended up at the corporate world. Um, And so I was able to do a lot of things there, um, shifting from inorganic um, and salt type of chemistry to um, organic chemistry and uh, treating various materials in either sludges or soils, really understanding the surface dynamics. So I got to continue my um, scientific exploration. But while I was there, it kind of opened me up to the other facets of an organization that I started getting interested in. So um, 
uh, I, I kind of journeyed out of research and development into management of technical people because that was also very fascinating. Yeah, for sure. And and how was that transition for you? What were some possible difficulties that you faced? So in general, um, some of the difficulties that you go through being a technical professional to the leadership type of position is having to shift from the deep dive technical to thinking more strategically. And so it's like popping your head up out of the rabbit hole to look around and see the forest through the trees um, is, is a key step that I think anyone goes through that process um, has to learn. Uh, one of the things that they did a great job was teaching me some leadership by putting me in a rotation as the group leader for the safety, health, and environmental group um, of, of a facility. So I had some direct reports, but I also had to do a lot of things through influence management, uh, which built up those softer leadership skills. Um, and having that rotation got me prepared. And so it wasn't just a flinging you to the wolves. There was a development plan to help build you the skills to get to the next step. So for those who are not familiar with Six Sigma, how would you describe the Six Sigma process improvement? And what did the black belt training look like? So first of all, for Six Sigma, it is a um, well-established process and methodology for problem solving um, and using data and statistical tools to make decisions um, and improve a process, reduce cycle time, increase revenue, increase yield. And so DuPont trained us as green belts and black belts in a standardized methodology. Um, a lot of companies use um, similar um, methodology. We followed the DMAIC methodology, define, measure, act, improve, and control. And so it's all about the steps of how do you tackle a very large problem and solve it. If it's easy to do or you know the solution, then just go do it. Um, but if it's really hard to understand and you have to detangle a lot of information and understand the relationship of different variables on what happens to the endpoint of a process, that's where using the tools helps you do things. And, and it's like putting the pieces of a puzzle together. Um, and so really understanding what are the measurement systems um, of the process? Are they measuring true or do we need to get more accurate measurement systems? As we record the data, um, running some regression analysis or statistical analysis um, to understand what variables are greatly impacting the net result versus others. Um, you could conduct a design of experiments to really optimize a system and then, and then testing out your theories, um, validating those results statistically, and then setting up a control plan to make sure that you will sustain those gains is all part of the process. And as a black belt, you have to go through um, several weeks of training. Um, it was um, several weeks of, I think, three-day training sessions, three to four days training sessions. And you had to work on an active 
project um, at a plant or across a business. Um, and each business or company will have a certain preset target for deliverables for financial benefit, uh, whether it's um, $250,000 or whatever level of company sets. But you have to hit that target and have it be financially validated that, yes, not only have you gone through the training, you passed the tests, but you've also demonstrated use of the tools in your project to your master black belt, to the champion, um, and you've delivered results. Hmm. Wow. It's uh, very in-depth, but uh, I'm sure very rewarding to you know have your company invest in, in the employees by mm -hmm. giving you this training. Yep. Um, are there are there one or two memorable projects that you worked on at DuPont that stand out to you over your time there? Um, memorable at DuPont. I'm also working in Cavanta in this fashion as well. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about the DuPont experience, and then I'll talk a little bit about the Cavanta experience. Sure. Um, you know, and and so at a high level, without imparting too much information. Uh, on the proprietary nature of the work, um, I worked on a mega project where it actually, I had to tackle a pretty large project and pull in about five different black belts for working uh, on different pieces of this project together. Um, so it was, to me, what was incredible about it was the depth of the team and putting the pieces of those technical experts and their work together to solve the whole, I think really, really came through for me. Um, and so it is about, it is about the, the, the depth of the work, um, understanding and developing, um, a swim lane map of, of, the intense work processes across an entire business and then figuring out how do we lean it out? How do we make it better? And then chunking off pieces to each black belt. Um, that to me was really, really rewarding, not only from being able to do something at a larger strategic level, but just seeing the wonderful people, brilliant people do their work in that project. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my, my favorite projects. Um, and I'm still in touch with a lot of those folks to this day. Um, another project that we recently worked in, Cavanta, who um, also we trained black belts and green belts. Um, and we have some really brilliant people, uh, was running actually design of experiments to optimize a process at a plant. And it was great because my team members were out there just the past week or so uh, running full-scale experiments to see what settings are going to be the most optimal settings for uh, improving the process. And the master black belt was there with the green belts, with the interns next to the operators. And the level of hard work and teamwork that they've demonstrated and the support from the operations was great. Uh, we're still analyzing results to see how much yield improvement we're going to get, but it's going to be really exciting because it's all about improving the bottom line. Hmm. Very interesting. And so, like you touched upon, um, you left DuPont in 2017 and have been working at Covanta for the past three years. Mm -hmm. uh, what prompted that career move for you? Um, 
it was about doing an exciting opportunity. And, and first of all, I left DuPont and it was a hard decision to leave DuPont because it was a wonderful company, a wonderful career and, and great people. But Cavanta um, actually um, was interested in me because of my dissertation work. So um, they asked me to come up and talk to them. And it was for developing processes at the corporate level as the vice president of project planning um, to help set up a project management office for capital projects and how they do work up there. And so it was, it was a wonderful opportunity to do that work. And Cavanta is actually, not only we do energy from waste, so uh, we recover steam and electricity, um, could convert the trash into steam and electricity. And they're doing a lot of great work in recovering metals from incinerator ash and selling it. So the logo of no waste is ever wasted. Um, really rings true. I really like that. Um, it was sort of like going back to my roots again from my dissertation work. So it kind of felt really good about that. And it was an exciting opportunity to, to leap to. So it was a hard decision, but it was a joyful decision. And then within Convanta, I've held a couple of positions um, and I'm now back in a region closer to home. Hmm. And what does your current position as Senior Director of Continuous Improvement look like on a daily basis? So um, I take care of Region 2. So um, our regional headquarters are actually in Chester, Pennsylvania, which is one of the reasons why I took on this role is, one, it's closer to the plants, closer to my home, um, because I do live in Delaware. And... um, it's the ability to drive continuous improvement from a strategic level across the region. We have um, one of the larger regions of energy from waste facilities in in Cavanta within the U.S. Um, so I take care of them. We we have pretty much the mid-Atlantic states, so New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia. I also have a handful of plants on the West Coast. Um, So it's a little discontinuous. And so what is the tactical day-to-day work that each plant has to do to achieve their productivity goals to developing a plan for how are we going to get there uh, to achieve a certain target productivity rate across the region um, and working side by side with the leadership team for the region. Um, each day is different. Uh, usually Mondays, you know, literally Mondays, we start out at the hub, developing the plan for the week, um, setting up, and then we will probably go to several sites within the region or working at the sites or on a project to help improve uh, productivity, improve steam production, maximize metals recovery, uh, reduce costs, etc. Um, and a lot of that might be at the plant doing some of the measurements, setting up meetings or focused events or Kaizen events to doing some deep dive technical analysis. So it does change, uh, but there's a certain cadence and rhythm to it from a weekly and monthly basis. Absolutely. And how has your role changed since the start of the COVID pandemic? We had to adapt quite a bit. Um, 
so we we all started working from home. A lot of the work that we do to deliver um, productivity, we like to do at the plant, but we couldn't. So we'd have to either work through the critical operators at the plant or deliver a lot of our work mm-hmm. virtually. Um, mm. Some of the things that our continuous improvement personnel do is we actually facilitate a lot of incident investigations using root cause analysis. Um, that is done usually face-to-face at the plant. And we had to get creative in delivering it virtually and running those virtually. Um, I ran one virtually for a West Coast facility and one of the maintenance managers there actually went and got some 3D video for me um, for the team so that we could figure out how to do things virtual. So it's about getting creative and trying to be there for each other using the tools. Um, it's a little more difficult, um, but it still can get done. For sure. And what is the most challenging part about being a leader in a fortune 500 company? I think the difficulties, especially in today's world, is, you know, first and foremost is you want your people to be safe and focused. And there's so many distractions out there uh, with the pandemic and other items that you want them to be fully present at work. Um, you want them, you know, so you have to take care of the individual. Um, you have to deliver to the bottom line. Um, because I mean, that's how you make your money. Um, and so it's making sure that you can continue to do so, do so while you're making sure your team is okay, is a challenge in these times. Um, it takes creativity, but I think, I think we are making it. For sure. And what is some advice that you can give to someone listening who has a passion for your line of work? So that's the thing um, is truly is following your passions. So my passions have been about putting together teams of experts together and just watching them soar. Um, And I'm I'm a very people centric um, servant leadership type of style of management. And, and that to me is something that sings Um, doing things from an environmental perspective to help the whole, I think, is another area that sings. And so my advice to folks would be, is you find something that is your passion and you can make that be your work. You're, you're not going to feel like you're at work. You're, you're going to have fun and the day is going to fly by. Um, if you spend a good portion of your life working, you, you might as well make it match your passions and make it fun. I have two final questions for you. The Mm -hmm. first being, what do you wish you had done differently in your business journey thus far? Um, I think, you know, when I first started out as a female technical professional, getting a mentor early on was something that I should have done or sought out for. It was, you know, um, you know, I started quite a while ago, so there weren't too many, too many women who had their PhD in chemical engineering. Um, and so getting a mentor early on is something that I would suggest. Um, and what I am working on now is some of the business and financial 
understanding because that's something that while I've had a uh, flavor of is something that I need to continue to build. Um, and so my advice to people would be don't, don't be afraid to get a mentor, seek a mentor early on. And secondly, make sure that you every now and then audit your skill set and your technical toolbox and see what else you need to put in place. Hmm, that's some great advice. And what would you say has been the biggest turning point in your life and how has that altered your path? Um, I will say the best thing that I've ever done in my life and has really helped me be centered is, is my family actually. Um, getting married and having children um, helps me understand perspective, helps me manage um, a lot better. It helped me to, I think, be less type A and go with the flow a little more. And so um, I would still say out of my entire life, what am I the proudest of? It's, it's my wonderful family. Thanks for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? If you want to learn more about Irene and see what she's up to now, check out her LinkedIn profile linked in the description of this podcast. This will be the last episode of season two of How Did I Get Here? Thanks for listening. Until next time.